0: You have recently noticed an increased amount of people just being irritating and like they're just acting not like themselves, or maybe it's yourself, you have been acting not like yourself. Okay, so there's like seven honest people who are willing to put their hand this high. Okay, that's called manifesting, it can get irritating and it can mess with our ability to actually enjoy people. The two words that the Lord has highlighted over the last month for me is uh, inspiration and enjoyment. Those are the two things that we have to get uh, solidified in our souls. You have to get inspired about something or you're going to die. You have to learn to enjoy things or you are going to die. And it's not going to be, revival is not going to be intense worship services all the time. Revival is going to be the people of God, the children of God, enjoying him and, and letting other people enjoy him also. Oh, I'm already getting tweeted. Nice work. <laughs> Little pop-ups. What I'm talking about today should help us to really embrace what the Lord is doing, uh, not only for revival to come, for real transformation of our city, but for you to actually enjoy your life. We're gonna have some of the, that veil removed and the things that have hidden behind our veils are not gonna be very happy about that. So it's gonna be awesome. Because they don't like light. With this understanding, you will be more empowered and you will also be responsible. So I'm gonna I'm going actually show you some things. I'm gonna pull back the, the curtain. Wouldn't it be cool if I actually grabbed a curtain right now and like you saw into heaven? Yeah, I'm gonna like I'm gonna pull back this curtain and you're going to have some information that can change your life, but if you don't apply it, it will ruin your life. Have I scared you enough to listen to me yet? Okay, good. I want to define manifesting. Manifesting is bringing uh, into our experiential, experiential reality that which was otherwise hidden. This is neither negative nor positive. It's actually just part of a greater process of deliverance. You can manifest the Lord. In fact, most of the times that the word manifest is used in the scripture is talking about manifesting the presence of the Lord. It's a positive thing. But you have to manifest some of the negative things to clear out your boat so you can manifest the cargo that you were supposed to be carrying, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. But we will get to that. Dealing with manifesting, one of the first things that happens when you start to deal with manifesting is that you will, uh, you'll find that you irritate yourself. You You ever found that? Like, you start acting strange and you're like, why? Why can't you just be you? You? You're like looking in the mirror at yourself. Anybody else experience that? If you want a really good book uh, That exemplifies that really well I wrote a book a few months ago It's in the cafe It's called The Elder City And there's a lot of moments Where the the main character It's a a fictional parable Where the main character uh, goes I know that I'm acting stupid But I can't stop You ever had that? I know that I'm thinking Like a big sack of dum-dum But I just don't know how not to Yes um, the natural tendency of, the human, uh, of a human in crisis is self-focus. We, are, we naturally go, oh, I'm doing something that's so horrible, Ugh. and we start to self-evaluate. And that's not helpful. That's actually the least helpful thing you can do if you're trying to get free of something. Remember, we're talking about freedom. Remember in the garden, Adam and Eve, they eat the fruit. What's the first thing they do? Ah, I'm naked. If their reaction hadn't been, let's go cover us up, but the reaction had been, God, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we're naked now, he might have been able to do something different. Same thing happens with us. If you, if you can teach yourself not to look at yourself, not to evaluate yourself, not to be self-focused, but to be Christ-focused, you will actually get free so much quicker We actually did this in uh, EJS a few times. And it was super helpful for a lot of people. Uh, we called it self focused fast. And it, it's difficult <laughs> because can we all admit that it's really it's it's much easier, much more natural for us to look at ourselves and evaluate and like go, "Oh, I'm not doing very well." It's it's a lot harder to go, "Oh, Jesus, you're so good." Did you know that when, when Paul said, evaluate yourself, he's talk, when you're taking communion, he's not saying check for sin. He's saying check to make sure that you really do have the Lord inside of you. Sin's been taken care of. Your punishment is done with. The only torment you're going to get is the torment that you agree with. Somebody tweeted me. Nice work. So, so, do the opposite of what they did in Eden. When, when you start to manifest something, just go to the Lord. Don't go. Oh, I gotta fix this thing. There's blah, 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 blah. stop tinkering with yourself and just let the Lord do it. Once you've kind of gotten to the place where you're able to like have grace for yourself, you'll start to realize that you have to have grace for other people too, and that's the real problem, isn't it? Iron sharpens iron. Which means there's going to be a lot of sparks. But we have to have grace for we have to have grace for people. Um, Jesus on the cross even said, "Forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing." If Jesus, in the moment of being crucified for things that he had never done, under an accusation that was completely not true, and he could say. Ah, they, they don't really, they, didn't, they don't know what they're doing. He's given the benefit of the doubt. I think we can do it if somebody's just being kind of, having a spirit of jerk on them for a little bit. Right? Seeing, uh, we need to learn how to see who is in front of us, not what they're manifesting. Because a lot of times people, they really have no idea what they're doing. They're just like, have you ever experienced that? Have you ever done that yourself? You like say something to somebody and you walk away and you're like, why? Why would I say it like that? What am I doing? What's wrong with me? Right? Most people have no idea that they're hurting you. Yes, there are people who are abusers. I'm not saying you should just outright just write them off and say, oh, they have no idea what they're doing. That, that's a different situation. But most people, when they hurt you, have no idea that they're hurting you. So be like Jesus Forgive them. Give them the benefit of the doubt, because everyone is a little glitchy. We're in the process of getting free, and we need to be we need to be patient with each other, but not tolerant of of bad behavior. Even Paul is it X uh, sixteen. There's a demonized girl, and she's like just being obnoxious to him. And it says being greatly irritated, Paul cast out the demon. <laughs> That's one way to deal with it. He was just like, okay, we're done with this. Out of her! Now we can do some ministry. There are times when it's okay to let things slide while people are working things out, but once it becomes destructive to them or destructive to the people around them, then we have to actually confront the thing that that is dealing with them. Not everything negative that a person does, thinks, or says is demonic, though. We don't want to get into that, um, that deal. you have been around people or been that person who's like, that's demonic, that's demonic, that's demonic. Or, that's the Lord, that's the Lord, that's the Lord. And you're like, okay, calm down. Some things are just life. Yeah. But sometimes these, you know, I said we're, we're all a little glitchy. Sometimes glitchy words, you know, they betray an uh, inner reality of something bigger. You know, if somebody is, if you you try to, try to love on somebody and you compliment them and they're they're just kind of, eh, whatever, they don't ever say thank you or they don't like, uh, or you you try to serve somebody and they never recognize it, there's something there and the thing that that irritates you about it is actually the Lord going, that's an issue, love them out of that, Don't, don't rebuke them, love them out of it. Glitchy thinking is either caused by or exploded, exploded? exploited by darkness. A lot of times we, we if you grow up in, in certain contexts, uh, you are going to have kind of glitchy thinking just because you haven't known anything else. If you grow up in, in an Islamic nation, you're going to think Jesus is not the Son of God. That's not because you are stupid. It's because you haven't been taught right. Right, and so let's take that back to to smaller things. Sometimes we we just don't know how to relate to people because we didn't grow up knowing how to relate to people. Maybe you're bad with money, just because your parents, like mine, never taught me anything about money. So everything I've had to learn to be uh, to save and to spend rightly, I've had to learn as an adult. So that, anyways, you get what I'm saying. But we need to have grace for, for people. Um, 1 Peter 1.14, Peter actually is, is saying, hey, this is how you were, this is how you acted, in your ignorance. You didn't know. It's okay. But now you know, so change the way you act. Also, glitchy thinking is also exploited by it. So if there is immaturity in you, demons are going to jump on that. If you if you don't get your thinking right, they're going to use that as much as possible and they use that as a hook and they'll tug you all over the map just trying to get you to do what they want you to do instead of what the Lord wants you to do. Okay, remember, if you start hating what I'm saying, I'm very lovable. Immaturity unguarded is an open door to demonic influence. The only path to maturity is experience. And the only way you get experience is that you actually let truth come into you and change you. It's the truth that you experience or that you have an encounter with that will set you free. You just have to keep living, keep having birthdays, and you're going to have experience. Immaturity is not sin. I'm not going to go. Immaturity is not sin. I could go a whole sermon on that, but I won't we'd be here way too late notice that I said uh, that it, it's an open door to demonic influence not possession we have to have a broader view of, of things and, and how the demonic world tries to influence our life because if we just think possession then we're just going to think like oh you know like demons are living inside of people and we've got to cast them out and it's like we're not in bible times we're in western society and they're tricky and they've been around longer than us and they know how to hide and they know how to mask themselves and they know how to speak in your brain's language and in your voice inside of your head so that when you hear it, you think you are thinking those thoughts. And they know how to put off an atmosphere called emotion that isn't yours and is not tied to reality. There are assignments against us that keep us from our purpose. And they work even harder when they are actually walking closer to when we're walking close to our our calling and the one who has called us. So if things are getting worse, things are better than they seem. If how many of you I don't know what I just said. If things are getting worse, things are things are better than they seem if if it really if your life sucks right now it's because it's about to not be I'm, Have we all played some kind of competitive sport? Has anybody not pay, played conspe- competitive competitive <laughs> <laughs> let's yes high impact underwater chess counts. <laughs> If you're playing ultimate Frisbee, and, and there's, it, you're playing to six, and it's five to one, and you're losing, are you playing harder at that moment, or at the moment you started the game? Matthew missed my point. If you are, if you are at the point of losing, that's when you are actually going to work the hardest, right? Why do you think the demons don't think the same way? When they, when they realize that, that they're losing their battle, they're going to claw to, to make things even worse. I wanted to tell a story, but it would expose somebody, so I'm not going to do it. No, no, no. It, like, it really would expose somebody, and they might, they might watch this video, and I don't want them to be embarrassed. Um, and even if I just tell the story, people will know who it is. <clears throat> um, so we want to cover people, right? We don't want to expose people. Such a good leader. Okay, we're going to move on. I'd like to use the first manipulative question. Manipulative. Can I have that water? Thank you, Jesus. I'd like to use the first. There we go. Son of a gun! We're getting delivered. Deliverance everywhere. We're all good. It's just water on paint. It's it's gonna be great. What's going on? Demons affecting everything. It was demonic. No, it was just bad plastic on this Ozarka water. Exposing Ozarka. Okay, I would like to thank you, Joy. Did you do the same thing? All right. Okay, I'd like to use the first manipulative question that was ever used to set you free instead of bind you up. How's that sound? Did God ever really say that manifesting a demon was a bad thing? In fact, in, in America, it's rare to manifest uh, a demon so dramatically like they did in the Bible or in third world countries, um, where it's all, you know, it's not demonic, you know, getting delivered of a demon doesn't have to get you slammed against the wall and like turn 360 degrees. Thank you, Matthew. In the Western world, it's much more common for it to be evidenced by demonic thinking, uh, like I was talking about earlier, thought patterns. But every time that Jesus... This is in my way, Matthew. Every time that Jesus came near to someone, they manifested and got free, or freer. Now, automatically, you're thinking of all the times that a demon was manifest when I say that. But there's other times where he came near and people actually manifested good things. In Luke 9.55... the, I love this story. Jeremy does a great teaching about this. Um, in Luke 9, they're, they're seeing all these miracles, and they see this guy who's... Uh, anyways, the, the disciples are like, let's call fire down from heaven on him. And what does Jesus say to him? You don't know what spirit you're of. Now, if you if you don't know Jesus right, you think that he goes... You do not know what spirit you are of. Spirit of dum dumb, come out of them. And he's all angry. But the Jesus I know goes, Guys, you don't know what spirit you're of. Give him the benefit of the doubt. He so said, You have no idea what you're doing. Think of like every single demonized person in the Gospels. Think of them all right now. Uh as Jesus came closer they manifested more right he's like across a lake and he starts like going across the lake at one point walking sometimes riding because he's Jesus and he does things weird he he's going across the lake and the demon the demonized person starts manifesting more and more and more and more because when Jesus comes close he's that that fire that actually boils everything and brings everything to the surface. And did you ever notice that Jesus didn't get mad at the person for manifesting that demon? He got mad at the demon. When I was uh, looking over this stuff yesterday, I remembered luke twenty four on the road to Emmaus. These two disciples are walking, and as Jesus comes closer, they started to manifest evangelism. It actually says that his approaching and their discussing happened simultaneously. so when he turned his attention towards them and started like trying to intersect their their course they they're like. Oh, let's talk about the Jesus guy. What happened? And then he comes up and he's like, what you guys talking about? And they're like, don't you know, dumb, dumb? And he's like, they're talking about me. <laughs> that's how I imagine it going in his head. From that place of curiosity, he actually taught them what was actually going on and explained himself throughout the entire scriptures. So that's a that's a good sermon that we should have gotten on MP3, but failed. Jesus will always follow up our manifesting with an opportunity to become freer through giving us more understanding. If you will submit to it, when you manifest something, you will will go, and then there's a moment where where the Lord will step in and say, do you want to know why that's happening? And we'll go, okay. (laughs) If we're smart, we'll let him free us. And that's where The truth that we know can set us free. Now our assignment is to be like Jesus, to love people. And so when they start manifesting something, it's our job to realize that we're carrying Christ inside of us. And the closer we get to them, when we're acting in love, we'll actually make them manifest more. So the harder and the worse somebody's manifestation is, probably the the more authority you have to help them. Not by rebuking them. Not by telling them what's wrong with them. Not even by telling them what they're manifesting. By loving them. By loving them in a way that is really uncomfortable and that is going to make you manifest too and everybody's going to get free all at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a freedom party. You'll find that uh, when you walk in love, people will manifest around you, and if you turn your attention to it, you'll begin to see that the little thing that uh, you'll begin to see like little things, not just them like cussing you out. That's an easy manifestation of of anger, but little things like little indicators that are, become like targets for your love, negative thoughts about themselves, or uh, critical thinking about. Like not in a good way, critical like criticism towards leadership. And they said little off comments. I noticed this in myself. I noticed it the other day. I I said something to Jeremy, and I went, "Ooh, I was manifesting that big time." And I'm sure nobody else caught it, but I started to see that it was an indicator that I needed freedom in that area. We can h- engage in helping others get delivered. Um, just a quick story, and then I'm going to actually go into deliverance. Um, not ministry deliverance. I'm going to talk about it. Um, <clears throat> I had an intern who is awesome, um, really loves people, but she had a really hard time with this one other student. This was back in Morningstar, and this this student was just just irritated her so bad. She was like, Vince, I cannot stand being around him." I was like, "Huh? What do you want to do when you're around him?" I just want to punch him in the face. He says he says nice things and I just want to like strangle him and and like wrap his ears around his neck and hang him. And you're like, "Oh. That that doesn't sound like you or the Lord." <laughs> Long story short, I I was able to to tell her that that he had uh he had been falsely accused of something that, that put him on the sex offenders list when he was 15. His, his uh, uh, what are they called, the attorney said, hey, if you just plead guilty, then, you'll, then you won't go to jail. And so he scared this 15-year-old kid away from jail but into being on the sex offenders list for the rest of his life for something he didn't do. And I don't know if you know this about being on the sex offenders list, but you have to say every time you move somewhere, you have to d- you have to go and like register and say that you are that. And and it's a constant rejection. You can't live within, I think, a hundred yards of of a school. There's all sorts of these things that like ostracize you from society. And he carries that with him all the time, and so he had developed from age fifteen this rejection spirit that just hovered around his life and told people, "You should reject him. You should reject him." Or, really, what I was saying was, "He's worthy of rejection." And when I told her that, she went, "Oh my gosh, I'm agreeing with a demon," and it changed her. And by the end of the year, she, I would, I would catch, I would be walking out of class and I'd see her talking to him and like engaging in conversation and and loving on him. Because she was able to to step back and go, that's a demon that I'm agreeing with. I don't think I want to agree with demons because they're not normally right about anything. (laughs) Manifesting is just part of uh, the deliverance process. First we manifest the stowaways. Then we manifest the cargo. So w- when, when you're manifesting the, the things that are not supposed to be there, you, they get on the, on, the, on the boat. Remember we've talked about, I guess following the boat analogy here, we've talked about it a lot. Like a manifesto list is the, the thing that everything is supposed to be in a boat or on a, on a ship of any, any sort, whether it's a plane or whatever. That's the manifesto list. And so w- when we manifest something, we're showing what is actually in the hull of our boat, which is our being. But deliverance is not about demons; it's about the Father. Too many people are like, "Well, I'm, I'm in deliverance ministry." You're like, "Yeah, looks like you need it more than you are a part of it." Because even when you say deliverance, you kind of look a little angry. (laughs) Deliverance is about the Father. If I started a, del- uh, a delivery service company, what's the focus of that company? Is it where the, where the packages came from or where they're going to? Have you ever tried to send a, a letter without writing where it's going to? It's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> Have you ever tried sending a letter and not giving the return address? Does it affect it? No. Because deliverance is about where you're going, not where you've been. The purpose and focus of deliverance is the from, not the to. Just as the the purpose of the first commission was to prepare the earth for ha- the habitation of the Father, so is the great commission, and so is our, our commission to free each other. Our purpose is to bring each other to the Father. We are being delivered to the Father. The, and Jesus is the great deliverer. He's the one that takes us from where we've been and takes us to where we're going, which is the Father. It's always been the purpose of man is to live with the Father. And the longer we are with him in this process, the the longer the great deliverer carries us, the more delivered we're going to be because we're going to get closer and closer to the Father and we're going to get more and more free. We're going to become more and more like him. But if we pull away, when it gets uncomfortable, we will only delay the process and we will go through it Anyway it'll just take longer. So how do we embrace deliverance? We don't want to stop at manifesting a demon, right? That'd be like finding the the stowaways in the the bottom of the boat and bringing them to to the the top and going, "All right. Tell us who you are." And they just like start telling their stories and they like make a little fire there, and you start, to, oh, cool, that's really cool. And you, you start to be friendly with the stowaways that weren't supposed to be on there anyway. The more you manifest, what, what can actually happen is uh, if it stays on that manifesting level, it actually becomes a part of your personality. And that's not a good thing. Continually allowing, continually allowing the manifestations to remain on the surface invites demons to take up residence. We must actually clean off our boat deck and scrub off the barnacles, deliver the cargo, and get new stuff to deliver to new people. Getting delivered is a process that we have to submit to, but we are part of, like, we have to submit to it, we have to, like, let it happen, but we do have a part ourselves. There's things that we can do to accelerate our experience of freedom, uh, and one of those things is to move in the direction that you're getting delivered in. I don't know. It's probably mostly guys that do this, but when you're doing something, like maybe you're, you're there's a project that you're working on, and you're like in a drive, like you're driving somewhere. Does anybody else get the package out and start like putting the thing together, like because you're like I've got time to like get this thing ready before I get to where I'm going. Like, you tracking with what I'm saying? Like you can you can start to get yourself ready for where you're going without actually being there because the Lord's bringing you there. So what you can do is to actually start to act like the free version of yourself. Instead of waiting for God to break in and do something, you do something. Cuz what's going to happen is if you start to if you know who you're becoming and what 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 that what that free version of yourself actually is, and you start acting like that, you will go you will go, "Okay, I'm going to act like this." And then when you get there, it's not foreign territory for you. You're not going Oh, it's really uncomfortable, and then you have to go through deliverance again because you're not, you're not comfortable with the thing that you're moving towards, but instead you have submitted to the process and you've leaned into it and you're already ready so you can hit the ground running. I don't know if I'm being clear there. Act like the, fu- for the future you and it'll be more natural when you get there. If we allow him, he will use everything to make us more like him. He's going to use people, relationships, uh, like I said, iron sharpening iron. He's going to use your circumstances, your job. He is going to make you look like him. But we need eyes to see and ears to hear what he is doing. Because otherwise we just look at our circumstances or look at the people around us and we go, gosh, this is hard. That person is the most obnoxious human being I've ever met. Why did I marry them? is my last last point the only time we see jesus in the hull of a ship in all of scripture is when He's he's asleep he's taking a nap during a storm the disciples are upstairs manifesting he's downstairs resting why is that because he knew that the storm was under the father's ability to control he knew that everything that was swirling around them was going to work in their favor and not kill them because he knew who was above the storm. When falling asleep, you you get to this place. I noticed this the other day. I was My mind was reeling. I, I've been having a hard time getting to sleep until 2, 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning sometimes, and I'm just laying there and thinking about my life and Reevaluating everything I said throughout the entire day, wondering why I ate from Jack in the Box ever. <laughs> and I'm just, and and it's all like me, 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 me. And then the moment that I actually fall asleep, I forget myself and I'm actually able to dream. And there's dreams that have been lost in your life, because you've been so focused on yourself and you haven't been able to rest, that they've just died in the me, 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 me of non-rest. But if you can rest in the Lord, everything can swirl around you. You can have all sorts of crap hitting the fan, but you know that his, he is in control of the storm. It is, he is actually driving the boat towards the other side. Because he works everything for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Including your own manifesting. Including your obnoxious family member. Including your overpowering, controlling boss. Including your fill-in-the-blank thing that you're hoping that I say next so you feel good about it. (laughs) He wants you to dream... And you judging your circumstances is keeping you from dreaming. It's in the place of resting in him that we can truly get free. Everyone and everything can be in chaos, but we know who is delivering us and to whom he is delivering us. And so we can trust the process. You'll get the most free when you ride the waves and stop straining against them. This is the sad part about that story, is that, They're all freaking out about the boat and the storm. And we're going to die. And he's like, guys, I was napping. And so this is probably the only time that I imagine Jesus actually getting irritated. Like coming out of the boat and be like, storm, stop. Because he was like, if I stop the storm, then we have to row. And I was taking a really good nap down there. Yay, no more storm. Okay, now let's start straining against friction in nature. Now we have to row all the way to the other side. We're only halfway there, and we stopped it because we were afraid of the process. Stand up. Jesus, we we just want to submit to your storm. As hard as it is to say that, we know that you are able and willing to deliver us to the Father, and that's what you're doing, and you're using everything you possibly can in our lives to change us into your image, so we submit to that process. Lord, I'm asking that you would help us to have grace for each other when we manifest, have grace for ourselves when we manifest. Just deliver us. Give us more freedom. We want to be marked as a people of freedom so that people feel free to be themselves, to come here and, and just be themselves, to be free and get more free so that true revival can, can transform our, our city and our nation. We love you, Lord. Thank you for the iron that sharpens iron. He's he's just he's removing those things from our brains even right now. He loves the process, but he loves to just set us free. I can see it. There's there's like hoods on people's heads and he's just removing those hoods. Just let it come off. Yeah. Holy Spirit, remove every hood. Amen.